0: appreciate that so I I want to talk to you about three things tonight Um, and uh, I I won't do a a great biblical exposition but one thing I I wanted the first thing and it all starts with s so you can remember it quite easily Uh, first thing we need to talk about is safe sex because I believe in safe sex and uh, and and I've been practicing safe sex now for 31 years And I think it's important. I mean, how many times have you heard a pastor from the pulpit talk about safe sex? Not many, right? Not many. So I thought tonight was the opportunity and I want to talk to you about safe sex. And I have a guarantee uh, for safe sex. It is an absolute guarantee. Uh, I have never been afraid of sexually transmitted diseases. I've never been afraid of unwanted pregnancies. Uh, I've never been afraid of... Uh, intimacies that were inappropriate. And and what has safeguarded me from all these things, I, I have it in my wallet. Because, you know, that's where a lot of you... Come on, guys. You know, that's where a lot of guys keep this kind of stuff, right, in their wallets so that they can have that. And, you know, I know some guys that like to keep it in plastic because if it's not in plastic, it will deteriorate. Uh, but uh, I don't have it in plastic. I just have it right here. Uh, and this is a... Uh, a a reduced copy of my marriage license. And uh, I like to have this with me. I can whip it out uh, at, at a moment's notice. And it has protected me for my entire life. Uh, so, uh, and, and I think it's really important, you know, safe sex, it's right here, it's right here, because sex between a man and a woman who are Christians, who love and honor one another, that's safe sex. And don't buy into the lie that any other form of sex is safe, because it's not, it's not. Uh Sex is so sacred because it is so important, and, and it's cheapened in our society. We know that. We look around us all the time. Uh, I was talking with a friend many, many years ago, and uh, he's a Christian, uh, and uh, his wife were, was a Christian, and they got married, and they both were virgins when they got married. And, and that was great, you know, And, and I was chatting with him uh, sometime after their marriage, and I said, "You know, uh, how are you guys doing?" And whenever I I take the guys aside, you know, we'll we'll have a little bit of the talk. And uh, we were talking about that, and uh, he said something like this. He said, Rod, you know, the most difficult thing for us was movie sex. They had both seen films, not pornography, but 15-rated films that had sexual encounters in them, and they'd seen a lot of them, and they thought that sex inside a marriage is kind of like that. And it's not. And it wasn't. And it was a real hindrance for them. And so sex is sacred. Sex is good. Sex is God's good gift for us to have intimacy. A number of years ago, uh, well, actually when I was a kid, so it, it was quite a few years ago now, uh, I did an experiment in, uh, at science fair on uh, the effect of glue on different kinds of objects and to see which kind of objects glue would hold together very strongly, which kind it wouldn't. Uh, And I discovered, you know, there were certain objects that you could glue together more more easily. But I also discovered that once you apply glue to two objects, you put them together, and then you tear them apart, it's very hard to re-glue them. God has given us sex as the glue for our marriage relationship. And a lot of times, ladies, if you think that having sex with a guy is going to lead you to the place where he wants to be intimate with you, you're wrong. Sex is a pathway to intimacy, but only inside of marriage. So, gals, don't give in to the guys. If he's not willing to have an intimate, personal, non-sexualized relationship with you before you're married, then you're not going to have a good relationship inside of marriage. And what happens if you've already given in? I I know a lot of people that have already screwed things up. What do you do about that? You repent. Because that's where the cross comes in. The power of the cross is there. Jesus died. He shed his blood on the cross. We've heard about blood covenant already. And that cleanses us from all sin, including sexual sin. And Jesus is in the business of restoring that which has been lost or given away or stolen from us. And so we need to have courage for that, and we need to look for that. Uh, so, so there's safe sex, now, but that leaves us a conundrum. Okay, then how do I find the person with whom I can have safe sex, if that's the way to go? And we ask the question there, is there one right person for you? Is there one love of your life? And my answer is unequivocally, no. I realize, looking back over my life, that I've known a lot of women with whom I could have been married, and probably been married quite happily. But I tell you, there was a day when there was only one woman for me, and that was the day I stood before God and said, I do. And from that day, there is no other woman for me, and there will be no other woman for me till death do us part. You know, now sometimes she's tempted to kill me, to hasten that day, but most of the time not. And so, uh, you know, so, but how do you find the person that you need to get married to? Today, one of the things that I see a lot today that I didn't see when I was younger, I I know a lot of young men and young women that are putting it off. They're putting it off. They're putting it off. They're delaying. They're delaying. They're delaying. They're 30, 35, 40, 45 Uh, and on and on and on because they're kind of looking for that one right person or they think uh, you know one of the things we we deal with today we have so many different options that as soon as we say yes to something we're saying no to everything else you know so a lot of times guys gals you don't want to say yes to this one guy or one gal because you realize all of a sudden I'm going to be saying no to everything else and what if something better comes along You know, I like the way this woman looks, but what if I get a nicer woman? She looks a little bit better. Uh, I like the way this guy looks, but, you know, he's a little short. Maybe I should wait for a guy that's a little bit taller. Uh, And you put it off and you put it off. And as a consequence, some people are not even getting married because they've delayed it so long that the opportunity is gone. So we need to start to make a decision, and it's time to start looking. If, if, you're, if, if you feel like you want to be married, it's time to start looking for somebody. How do you know? Well, it gets to my second set of S's. I, I, I wanted to say sacred sidekick, because there's no real good S word that means partner, uh, and so I thought, well, sidekick works pretty well. But then I thought, well, uh, maybe you'd be thinking that my wife's my sidekick, and, you know, sidekicks are a little bit lower. No, I'm her sidekick, uh, and we're equal in our sidekickedness. Uh, so, uh, uh, so but, but you can say sacred partnership. Because the key thing about the person you need to be married to is not what they look like, It's not how they talk, it's not how they dress, it's not their cultural background. The key thing you need to be looking at, first and foremost, are they a believer? Do they love Jesus? If they don't love Jesus, you don't want them. So do they love Jesus? Second thing, though, do we have a shared sense of destiny? Do you know where you're going? You know the day that I knew that I was going to marry my wife, which was about uh, four years, I mean, we dated for five years, big mistake, by the way. Never do that. Uh, we were engaged for uh, a year, over a year. Bigger mistake. Don't wait that long. It's hard to resist that temptation when you're committed to each other. Uh, and But do you know the day that I knew that we were going to get married, uh, even though she didn't know it that day, uh, was the day when I said yes to the Lord to be a minister. And we were dating, and I was talking to her about it, and I said, Do you, you know, what would you think about getting married to a minister? She said, Rod, I've always felt that I called that I was going to be a pastor's wife. We had a shared destiny, and I knew that that day that we could be married, because we had a shared destiny. We had a shared purpose in our lives. We had uh, a shared interests in our lives. We had uh, a shared passions in our lives. Not sexual passions, but passions and, and, and other things. And uh, our, our, the process of dating is actually to find out, is there a sharing... Is there a sacred sharing going on in this relationship? Is there a connection that's there? Not not a physical connection, not just a, a chemistry connection, but is there a connection that's there with your destiny, with your calling, and where you're going in your life? And if you've got that shared destiny, if you've got that shared sense of calling, if you've got that shared love for Jesus Christ, I guarantee you, you can make a marriage work. And that person can be a sacred partner for you for your entire life and that's what god wants for us he wants us to walk into these sacred partnerships because it's just the the young woman said over here it is a kingdom issue you know be fruitful multiply fill the earth subdue it Do you know that's kingdom that's what the church is supposed to do be fruitful multiply fill the earth subdue it that's what christians are supposed to do be fruitful multiply fill the earth and subdue it And we need to be working on these areas. That's our calling. That's our mandate. That's how God has gifted us. And if you're not looking to make a choice, if you're not looking to make a decision, if you're just kind of playing the field until you think, oh, I've got the perfect one, well, you might find that one day everybody's left the field and you're there all alone. And there's no one, let alone the perfect one. And a lot of times you get desperate and so you start to give yourself away and you go into relationships that actually are going to lead to unsafe sex and sexual brokenness and emotional brokenness and on and on and on. And and this is even with Christians. And tragically over the years I've walked with a lot of young men and a lot of young women, my wife has, uh, who have gone through brokenness because they were giving themselves away and they were looking for some kind of Self-centered satisfaction that marriage was never intended to give. You see, one of the keys in marriage is that you also share a focus on the other. You get that? So I am focused on my wife. You know, my highest goal is to bring pleasure to my wife. I want to bring delight to her heart. And you know her highest goal is to bring delight to mine. And when we're focused on each other that way, that's a key. It's a shared, a shared honoring of one another that leads to a sacred partnership, that leads to a healthy marriage. And that's what God's called us into. But, okay, what do you do in the meantime? Okay, Maybe that person hasn't popped up. You know, maybe you haven't seen that person, or maybe you think you've seen that person, but you go up to the person, and the, and the person doesn't seem to be interested. Uh, and, uh, and by the way, if you are, oh, uh, we were here a few years ago, Angus Buchan was here, and uh, it, the place was filled with South Africans, mostly, and he said, okay, how many of you young men are looking for a woman? And you know, about uh, dozens of guys lifted up their hand. How many of you young women are looking for a man? Uh, a bunch of women lifted up their hand and said, okay, there you go. <laughs> uh, and I was tempted to do that here, But maybe I'll let you do that mingling a little bit uh, in the break time and that kind of thing. But the question is, what do you do in the meantime? What happens if you are single? Well, that leads to my third set of S's. You need to have surrendered singleness. Let me tell you what I mean by this. I remember a time when I was so lonely that it hurt. I went for a very, very long period of time where... I didn't feel like I had any close friends. Uh, a lot of my friends were pairing up with other people. I wasn't the kind of guy. I was, I was weird. I was kind of strange. Uh, and I was so lonely. I remember for days laying on my bed with this hurt inside my being, crying out to God because I was hurting so much with so much loneliness and such a sense of isolation. And it was intense. The pain was overwhelming. And I came to a point after several days of this intense... I dealt with the loneliness for a long time, but it just grew into this intensity. And after several days of this intensity, I came to a point where I finally said, okay, God, if I'm going to be single the rest of my life, I surrender that to you. Whether I'm married, whether I'm single, it belongs to you. And I give it to you. And the pain lifted and the Lord began to do a change in my heart. Now, the key thing in this, I knew Karen at that time. I knew my wife then. I didn't much like her. She really didn't like me. We were in the same large group of Christian friends. But uh, she was not the person that I thought I would marry. But as soon as I surrendered myself in my singleness fully to the Lord, the Lord opened my eyes to see my wife. Now, he may not do that for you. By the way, for us, it was fairly clear that we should get married. Uh, And you might say, wow, you know, I want that too. No, you don't. Because whenever God is clear about something, God is prophesying suffering and difficulty. We needed that clarity in our lives because we've been through some very difficult seasons, not with one another, but in our life and our ministry for the past 31 years. We've been through some very difficult times, and we needed to know that we were supposed to be together. You probably won't need that, and so don't ask for it. Uh, the other thing to realize: there are worse things than worse things than being single. Even if you're single the rest of your life, I have talked with so many, uh, many young women, unfortunately. So many who have said, I really, really wanted to be married. But then they got married and they sacrificed some things. Maybe their husband became abusive. Uh, He wasn't quite the man that she thought he was. He wasn't quite the woman that he thought she would be. And they became more miserable than ever before. I have seen people who were so desperate to be married that they sacrificed their integrity, they sacrificed their calling, they sacrificed their destiny, and they come to a point in time of great brokenness and say, it wasn't worth it. So if you're in singleness right now, I don't know God's will for you i don't know god's destiny for you i don't know where you will be a year from now i can't promise you that you'll be married i can't promise you that you will find the right partner you may never but understand that there have been many great people throughout history that weren't married but the most important thing is not to think about that future is not to plan for that future the most important thing for you right now in your singleness is say lord I submit this to you. I surrender to you in my singleness and I choose to trust you for my future. Oh, Father God, I pray that you would just move in our hearts now and uh, I hope that you will speak and comfort and encourage people uh, with these words. We just thank you and praise you for this time. We love you and honor you in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, let's take a few a uh, few moments for some questions and things give time i I know I've provoked a few things so uh I want to leave plenty of time for questions
1: uh, you know how you said um right before you, your, the lord opened your eyes to um your wife but I, I was wondering could you put some uh practical uh Shed some practical light on that, like what actually happened? How did you, did you just one day just see her and thought, wow, yes, yeah,
0: that's, that's me. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? like, yeah. Very, very good question. What, what happened? Uh, yeah, because it, it made it sound like that happened rather quickly. It actually didn't. Uh, it was probably, oh, I'd say six months or so. We, we'd actually had a date uh, that was awful. I mean, absolutely awful. I mean, she wouldn't even give me a kiss at the end of the night. It was just like she was, she, the date she was flirting with another guy. I mean, it was just, uh, oh, man, it was, it was a terrible time. And we, we ended that time. We said, uh we said, okay, I don't know who God wants us to marry, but I know he doesn't want us to marry this person. Uh, and it was after that season I, I went through this time, time of struggling. And it was quite a number, number of months after that that actually uh, we, were, uh, we were in a, a play doing uh, acting uh, apart, across from one another. And it was just in that context of relating to one another and, and just talking together without any of the stress of, hey, we're going to go on a date or any of the stress of, oh, I'm interested in you or you interested in me. But just actually building relationship and friendship that all of a sudden it was like, I should ask her out again. And... Uh, And then, and then, uh, and that was the, that was the beginning. Uh, Then there was another foolish period in, in, in my wife when she broke up with me. Uh, Oh, and I was a mess, man. I was such a mess. Because I'd already, that was after the whole pastor thing. Uh, And uh, she just thought it was a little too intense. And uh, so she broke up with me for a season, you know. And I can tell you all the things not to do uh, that, like, you know what I did? Uh, I, I made her a, a cassette because I mean this is my age. Uh, I made her a cassette of love songs <laughs> to try to woo her back. Big mistake, man. Big mistake. Uh, I just uh, I, I had a guy. I, I I was talking with a guy who uh, was dating a gal, and, uh, and 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 she was like, no, I I, I think I'm going to break it off. And, uh, and he was just, he was, he, he was devastated because he thought, this is the woman I'm supposed to marry and everything. And, and uh, he was talking to me, he said, I, I think I'm going to buy her flowers and I'm going to get her chocolate and I'm going to do this, that. I said, whoa, no, 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 no. no Step back. Play it cool. And wait. And sure enough, you know, it was about two weeks, three weeks. She's just like, uh, Maybe i changed my mind again. <laughs> I was back in it, so uh, I tell you all the things not to do. But but that was you know that was the whole season that we went through, and, and it, you know your your mileage may vary as, <laughs> as the thing says. But uh, but I I think it's really just important for us to open our eyes to the people that are around us, and a lot of times that won't happen unless we say to God, okay God, I'm I'm I will be single if that's what you desire. I will be, I give this to you. And then that gives you freedom to develop relationships so you can explore whether or not there's that shared destiny, that shared calling, that shared passion for Jesus and on. So I don't know if that was helpful. What, what were the
1: three S's? Did they just go out the window?
0: No, no, no. Nope. They, oh. they were there. The three sets were safe sex, uh, sacred sidekick, and uh, what was that? Uh, surrendered singleness. Okay. So sacred
1: sidekick was...
0: Sacred sidekick was the second one, or sacred partnership. Okay. But uh, yeah, so sacred, sacred partnership, uh, safe sex, and uh, surrendered singleness.
1: So would, would you say then that um, if God wants two people to be together, once you're a believer and you're praying and even if you do things wrong or miss your chance with that person or, you know, God will bring you together, that eventually if you really pray, you know, to the Lord for the right person that God wants for you, that he will hopefully, I mean, I suppose you can't guarantee that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think what she was saying is that, uh, you know, it, it, how, how do you know if God wants two people together? You know, will he bring you together? Uh, you know, how, how will he work in that circumstance? And uh, I think a lot of times, uh, there, there are times when God clearly does bring two people together. Uh, no question about it. I think that that's rarer more than common. Uh, and it's always because God has a purpose that's going to be very, very difficult for them. I mean, if you look at the, the new, even the New Testament times, typically what happened was arranged marriages. And uh, so the idea of us choosing and that kind of thing is a, a relatively new new concept. I, I think that the bigger issue actually is... Uh, well, the, there was some, some time ago, and I, I was praying to God about a decision that I needed to make. Uh, and I, I really interceded for... Quite, a, quite some time, it was about four or five weeks, I was asking the Lord about this. And, and it was fairly, in some respects, an inconsequential decision. But, but I was asking the Lord about it and asking the Lord about it. And finally the Lord spoke to me one day and he said, Rod, I don't care. Make a decision. <laughs> and I think that there's a lot of times when God's told us that we should marry a believer Uh, We should have somebody that is kind of going in the same direction. I think all of that's wrapped up in the concept of a believer. He's told us about how to treat one another. And I think within that, God gives us a lot of flexibility to make a decision. Uh, And I think if we spend too much time just trying to find the right one, or too much time just saying, God, you know, is this the person, is this the person? I think there's times when if we're mature in the Lord, he expects us to look to use the criteria he's given us and make a decision uh, and and i would I would take a, a step further too and say that sometimes if we don't make a decision, it can be an indicator that perhaps we're called to be single because if we can't make that decision, then maybe it's time for for us to stop um, stigmatizing singleness and, and start saying that singleness is a genuine calling in the lord and frankly scripturally it's more highly prized than getting married Uh, and we need to reverse that in the life of the church once again so that we understand it from a biblical perspective so very good question
1: yeah um yeah so um just following on from that question actually um one of the uh, powerful vices for So one of the powerful vices for determining who uh, who we should marry is um, what our purpose is. But surely um, trying to discover what our purpose is can sometimes be just as difficult as trying to discover who we should marry. You need to hear from God and you need to be quite sure and um, you need to be quite convicted. And sometimes you can even discover your purpose only to find find out that you've got it wrong. And so in discovering your purpose, you could discover the wrong mate. And then also, um, what part of God's nature suggests that um, He won't make that decision for us if we surrender? Similar to how Jesus said He He didn't want to go to the cross at that time, and He said, "But He said, 'Not my will, Father, Yours be done.'" Why can't? What part of God's nature suggests that we can't surrender our will uh, for for marriage to God to make that decision for us? Not because we can't decide who it is that we want, but Simply because we want God's absolute will to be fulfilled in our marriage and our purpose, and everything he's
0: Yeah. Quite- yeah. Uh, uh, taming back to the first question that you asked, there. <laughs> there, there were a couple of different things that came through there. Let Let me jump on the Let me jump on the last bit, and then hopefully I'll get around to around to the first bit about what part of God's nature uh, suggests that maybe He wouldn't decide for us. Actually, the Scripture is fairly clear. The Bible sets out a lot of a lot of things. Uh, where God tells us to do stuff. Uh, and he gives us responsibility, and God will never take our responsibility. For example, uh, if I, I, I've, I've talked to a number of people who say, oh, God, help me to forgive. Well, you know, that's not a valid prayer. God tells us to forgive. God's spirit is in us. Peter tells us we have everything, underlined, we need for life and godliness. We've got that already. So we have the ability to forgive. God, help me to repent. No, repent. Uh, And even in choosing a mate, you know, God helped me to decide well, son, is she a believer? You know, is is she somebody who who has a heart uh, and her heart shared with you in some way? You know, and sometimes it can be that the two of you discover purpose together. And that's okay. You know, sometimes you don't get to that sharing. It, maybe the biggest thing you share is that love for Jesus. Uh, that's really the baseline commitment. If you share a love for Jesus and a commitment to be married for the rest of your life till death do you part, you've got everything that it takes to have a successful marriage. You need nothing else. You've got Jesus. you got the Holy Spirit. You've got, uh, you got you got one another. You have the commitment before the Lord. You have everything you need for life and godliness. It's right there. Uh, so we don't need the Lord. Sometimes he will tell us, but we don't need the Lord to do that unless he says, don't marry this person. You now, it's just like uh, he said to, to Paul, don't go that way. Uh, and then he got a Macedonian call and that sometimes that can be helpful. But God's given us the criteria there and he's given us the ability and the responsibility to make these kinds of decisions. Uh, and we should take that unless God tells us not to. Uh, that's partly part of the, what it means to be mature. Maturity is not a lot of knowledge or things. It's actually the willingness and ability to take responsibility for your mind, will, and emotions. That's part of your choices there. Uh, so I, you know, I think that's in the character of God. I, I, one of the great things about God's character in this, if you're single, is that, wow, wow. That means that there's a whole panoply of choices before you, and you don't have to be focusing in on that one that you may ultimately miss. You go for the one that's before you, the opportunity that's placed there, and who's to say that that's not God setting all of that up? You know, so it, it's really having faith in God that he can bless us, and have more faith in God that he will bless us than our, our faith in each other that, that we'll mess it up or our faith that Satan will lead us astray. And trust in that. Follow the guidelines he set out in his word. Make the choice. Make the commitment. Because the key thing about love is love has nothing to do with our emotions. Biblical love is simply a zealous, self-giving commitment to another person for their benefit. And if we make that commitment, I, I mean, gosh, if, if you look, if, if you've got a, a young woman that you're interested in and uh, you say, I'm going to commit myself to this woman for her good, not for my good, it's not about my needs, it's about her needs, uh, that, I, I've never met a woman for whom that is not attractive. And you women, you don't have to do that because we're already attracted to you anyway. So, uh, (laughs) you know, it's just, uh, that's the way God's designed this thing, by the way, you know. So, I don't know if that, did I answer all your questions?
1: Um, The last one was about um, discovering purpose and discovering Oh,
0: discovering purpose. And we all know, in in a sense, uh, you're right. You know, sometimes getting a sense of how God has made me, how God has formed me, what should I be doing with my life, uh, that can be rather daunting. Uh, so I always encourage people to ask a number of questions. Who are you? You will know, get to know who am I? What, what are my strengths? What, what am I passionate about? What, what gets me excited uh, about God, you know, getting up in the morning, or, or just about life and getting up in the morning? You know, so know who you are. Then where are you? Uh, Because if you're here in the UK, I guarantee you God has not called you to be the next premier of China. Uh, So who are you? Where are you? And then who are you where you are? In other words, what difference can I make right now? How can I love right now and sow myself in love into my church, into my job, into my community, uh, into my circle of friends? And if you do that, I guarantee you God will show you what your purpose is. You know, sometimes he'll come and kind of hit you upside the head with it like a wet fish. But, uh, (laughs) you know, so. Anyway, I think that's our our time there and probably time for a break and everything. So I will just kind of give it over to you again. Thanks again for the great questions. uh, It's a real privilege.